talking this morning to us about walking with God and fellowshipping with God. And I think many of us have actually heard this term, yeah, you walk with God or I'm walking with God. And for some, it might be slightly confusing. Um, you know, how can you walk with this invisible God? And, you know, especially for those of you who don't really know yet, perhaps if you are in a relationship with the Lord. And it can be hard to believe it's like if there's this being that's like super powerful and he created the universe with the word and, you know, why would he want to have anything to do with me? Why would he want to have a personal, intimate relationship with me? And I'm hoping this morning to build from Genesis where this was actually the design that God had for the world, the design that he had for us. And um, I want to start out on something which you're probably going to think is quite weird. But if we go to Genesis 2, verse 25, it says this. It says that the man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. You might be thinking, gee, Sean, where are you going with that? But I think what this actually shows is that when we were created by God, we were created without filter. We were created without anything that hides us from him. We were fully exposed we were fully known, there was complete openness, and there was zero sense of separation. And what's interesting is that when sin comes in, what's the first thing that they notice? They notice that they've got no clothes on. They notice that they're naked. They notice that they're exposed and vulnerable. And the Bible says that they took leaves and sewed themselves, sewed clothes to cover themselves. So I want to work through just, we're going to work through just these, these three verses in Genesis 3 to start with. So Genesis 3, verse 8 to 11. And I'm going to give you the backstory of this now. So Adam has been given dominion over the earth. God has created him. He's given him authority over all that is before him. And God sees that it's not good. So he sends a helper. He puts Adam to sleep. He takes a rib from Adam and he creates woman and they are created beautifully perfectly in the image of God and they've given authority over everything that's in front of them there's only one restriction they are not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and as they're going along their way Satan form of a certain serpent comes to Eve and he just plants a little seed of doubt in her mind. He says, did God really say, surely you won't die. You'll just become like him. And she goes to Adam, who's been given designated authority. He's the leader. He's the one who should be making these decisions. And they eat of this tree. So they have now committed sin. And sin enters the world. They realize that they are now naked and exposed. And they make clothes for themselves. And they're hiding from God. And let's read together. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man, and he said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I was naked, I hid myself. He said, God, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Those are re this is 
it's, it's an amazing little passage of scripture. There's actually so much in it. And there's three little points that I want to pull out and I want to break down for you guys today. And the first thing is that as we read in verse 8, it said that God was walking amongst them. And they heard his footsteps. And where previously their footsteps would have been, his footsteps would have encouraged them into his presence and into intimacy with him. In this case, because of sin, they run. They hide. And let's be honest. They really think they can hide from God. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's all the omnis. He's all-powerful. He sees everything, knows everything, has created everything. Can he really hide from God? Can they really hide from God? No. But God yet comes and walks in and says, in the cool of the day, and he says, where are you? And as I read this, it was almost like a sense of the Lord going, I've seen what you've done. And I know the consequences for generations, including the ones that are sitting in this and the ones that will still be born. And there's this break in fellowship with the Lord. And he comes and he says, where are you? He doesn't come in like I probably would if Connor's done something wrong or Tatum or Dane and come in and shout at them and tell them their fortune and tell them they need to get right. He doesn't stomp into the room when they're hiding. He calls to them. And the third thing is, is that there's now all of a sudden, because of the food that they've eaten, there's the sense of, I'm naked. I'm exposed. There's a self-awareness that came from eating of the tree. And God says, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were separated from me? And this knowledge, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on, this knowledge of self, this self-awareness, and a, hind- and a stopping of being aware of God, actually hinders our, our walk with him. So this is, this is actually a heart-wrenching moment of a breakdown of the perfect, perfect will of God for them and for us. And we still feel the effects of it today. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. Even for those that came and responded to the call. If you feel filled with fear, come to the front. God wants to do something. When we were created, before the fall, there was no room, there was no space. We were not created for fear. And that's why fear racks us the way that it does. It makes us sick and it pulls us away from him and from each other. But we were actually built, as it said there, man and woman were made, they were naked and they weren't ashamed. God has created us and is calling every single one of us to go into that level of covenantal relationship with him, where we stand before him naked and exposed without fear, without shame, without anything else. That is actually who we are. That is our true state. So I want to just touch on that part. If you can go back one, please, uh, Ryan, where it says, I think it's verse 10. Before that. No, before that, sorry. Verse 8. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. These guys knew they'd blown it. I don't think they fully understood the scope and the, and the, 
the knock-on effect that it was having, they knew they were in trouble. They'd been given all of the authority, all of the dominion. They lived in a state of personal communion. This walking in the garden, I don't think it was the first time. I feel like this was, a, it was part of the relationship that the Lord would come to them in the cool of the day. And there's this, this picture that I have of it, of the God of the universe getting up off of his throne and coming to walk amongst them. I mean, it's, it's, it's the most mind-blowing thing. But what's even more special for me is it was done within the cool of the day. And the cool of the day, there's different interpretations. I tried to kind of see when is this? Is it morning? Is it night? And there's a whole lot of different things. So I would have got lost for another day if I actually had to have stayed there. But I think the heart of what this is, is that God came to them, not in a time of being a hot mess, not in the time when things were running around and they were crazy and he wants with us not to come to us in those times, but he wants designated, dedicated time in the cool of the day before the worries and the stresses and the anxieties of the day have come upon us, that we walk with him in the cool of the day, that he can come and minister to us and fellowship with us. And I believe the Lord is calling each of us in the cool of our days to come into fellowship with him, where he can speak to us and we can speak to him, where we can get input and encouragement, we can get some instruction. See, God knows that some of us are ADHD. God knows some of us have an intention span that's very, very short. And yet, so he tries to meet with us in a, in a way that, that actually will help us, where we're not overwhelmed by situations. Not that he can't speak in those times. But I feel like there's this encouragement for us as people to meet with the Lord in the cool of the day. I can remember when I was, when I was younger, Teresa will probably miss, remember this as well. We used to go caravanning on the south coast of, in Natal. Um, and we would always stay like right on the beach. And I can remember early in the morning, every morning, when that sky is still like that blue-gray color, it's not fully sunny yet, it's just early, it's nice and cool. My folks would get up, my mom and dad would get up and they'd go for a long walk on the beach. Do you remember that? And then they'd come home and they'd make breakfast. And obviously being a young guy, I, uh, I wasn't always ready to get up at early in the morning. But there were some times that I went with them. And, and I would always walk behind them. And for those of you who've walked on beaches, a little bit different to our beaches, it's, it's quite deep sand. And then when you walk, it leaves a footprint in the sand. And I can remember as a little chokarki that I always used to try and walk in my dad's footsteps. So when I was small, I had to kind of jump and then jump into the next one. But then as we started to age and I started to get older, all of a sudden I could walk in his footsteps quite comfortably. And as I was just preparing for this, I felt like the Lord showed me that picture and said, that's exactly what I have for you. Maybe last week you gave your life to the Lord. Maybe this morning. And you have no idea how to follow him. You have no idea how to walk with him. You didn't even know that you were invited to the walk. And he's inviting you into this walk with him. And even though the steps might feel big for you, he's patient and kind and he walks with us in the cool of the day. So I want to encourage you. Allow and make space 
in the cool of your day for the Lord to walk with you, to guide you, to deal with your fear and your anxiety, to give you strength and boldness and courage so that we can return to the relationship that he actually, he made us for. And then in verse 9, these words, the Lord God called to the man, said to him, where are you? Like, is that not the most rhetorical question ever? Where are you? God knows. He didn't miss anything. He saw it all. He knew what they'd done. He knew why they were hiding. He knew where they were hiding. And instead of taking the posture of, well, actually, you know what? I told you guys not to do that. You've done it, so now you're going to deal with the consequences. You made the mess. Clean it up. It's on you. I'm out. Or... I sometimes think if I was God and I created these two little beings and they do this thing that I've told them not to do, I'd just go, fire! Squash. Start again. Some more dust. Put it together. Blow into it. Don't you think? Don't you? Like, let's be honest. Don't you think? It would have just been easier. If God had just gone, Adam and Eve, sorry, yeah, it's blew it. I know what it's going to cost everybody else and my son. I'm just going to kill you now. It actually could have gone like that. Do you realize that? Have you ever thought, look, God actually could just go, that's it, done, start again. But yet he didn't. Does that not show something of the heart of God? That he showed mercy when he actually could have been judgment. And he calls after them and he says, where are you? And I want to ask you, before I started this preach, if you've read that scripture, how do you think, how did you hear God saying, where are you? Did you hear him going, where are you? Come here. Like we would do if your child dropped something of value. How would you say, where are you? So how many in this room actually thought God was shouting at them? Be honest, put a hand up. Come on, don't be shy. Because if I've given it to you, the answer already, so you guys are cheating now. <laughs> Thank you, Natasha. At least you at the back are honest. Thank you. I appreciate that. The first time I've read this, I've kind of heard it in that tone. Where are you, man? Come here. But actually, as we look at the context of it, He's there in the cool of the day. He didn't come to punish them late at night or when it was in the middle of the day and their skin was burning from the sun. He came in the cool of the day. And then he says to them, where are you? And there's something of of a redemption. There's something of God calling them back in and going, why are you hiding from me? Come in, come to me. He saw their failure. He knew the consequences. He knew it before they created them. So it wasn't a surprise. But there's this, there's this deep seeking from the Lord. And he calls them. He says, come out. Come, come back to me. Let's, let's, let's talk about this thing. I'm not going to absolve you of the consequences of what you've done. Because he's a righteous and a holy judge. And he has to mete out punishment where it's necessary. And he will give forgiveness where it's necessary. And he's a faithful and a, and a, and a true God. But his heart to them was still come. And what was so interesting, as I was reading through the rest of it, you know, it says there just previously, I think it's in verse 8, um, it says there that they, um, they hid themselves, or they somewhere, uh, I can't remember exactly where it was, that said that they, they made leaves. They clothed themselves with leaves. And as I was reading, I went down a little bit further, which is a good way to prepare if you're ever going to preach something. Don't just look at the scripture you want to, Read the context of it. 
And as I was reading, there was this little gem that I saw in 321. Thanks, Ryan, you're ahead of me here. And it says, And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin, and he clothed them. Is that not beautiful? Because now they know. They know that they're exposed. They know that they're vulnerable. And instead of going, well, actually, good luck with that. You can carry on with those leaves. Those leaves are not going to provide any kind of protection for them. It's not going to provide any kind of warmth for them. Long term, they could actually now get sick and die because sin is now in the world. And the consequence of sin is too. And as a good father, he goes and he gets skin and he clothes them. Is that not amazing? These guys have just made the most epic failure known to mankind, literally. And the, it's not an angry bitter father, once again, that goes, well, okay, well, you've spilled the milk, now clean it up. He comes to them, redeems them, shows them what the consequences, if you read just before that, there are some serious consequences for man, woman, and for the serpent. You can read it just preceding that. But he's, he's sort of his last act, actually, before he sort of goes away, is he says, well, at least I'll dress you. At least I'll give you some dignity so that you now you can move forward from this place. I think that's absolutely beautiful. It really is. And I want to encourage you. You know, I think sometimes we're just like Adam and Eve. We've had a rough week. It seems like all we've done is get things wrong. Fought with our wife, fought with our kids, been disrespectful to our boss, haven't been fine, faithful with our finances, have used words we shouldn't have used, have had more to drink than we should have had to drink. And we've done these things. And all of a sudden, we go now. And suddenly, I, don't, I can't meet with God in the state that I'm in. Look at me. I'm a mess. I've fallen so far short of the glory of God. How can I possibly come to God and ask Him to interject and intercede into my situation in the way that I am? I'm naked. I'm exposed. And I feel much like Adam and Eve. The Lord would say to you this morning, where are you? Come into my presence. Return to me. Come back to me. Because I desire a relationship with you. I desire a personal, intimate, covenantial relationship with you. And one of the things that happens in verse 10, sorry, I'm pushing you up and down here, Ryan, but you're doing great. Thank you. Is that in verse 10, you see there, it says, they heard, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. It's actually a very, very profound statement there. You see, what Adam is actually saying is he's going, Lord, I actually see myself now. I, I'm no longer looking solely at you. Actually, now my gaze is dropped and I'm not looking at me. And I now realize, well, hold on, but I'm wicked, I'm sinful, and there's nothing hiding this from the Lord. So in a sense, the making of clothes is an, is an attempt to hide their condition. It's an attempt to try and hide what's, what's not looking like God. And actually, this is the first time I researched this. This is the first time that fear is mentioned in the Bible. And I was afraid. 
You see, fear was never, that's why it's so profound that fear came out in the meeting, in the, in the, in the worship time. Because actually, fear was never created for us. It was not something we were ever supposed to enter into. We were not created to be a slave to fear. Song again. God is moving. He's talking through not only the worship, not only the prayer meeting, but he's talking through this. He's getting a point across to us. We were never created to have fear. And as fear comes in, the first outworking of fear is separation and a breakdown of relationship. I can't be in your presence, Lord. I'm hiding from you. Please don't look at me. I, I, I can't be with you. You see, fear breaks down relationship. It separates us from each other. And God responds, once again, rhetorical question. Who's told you that you're naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I said you shouldn't? And I can imagine that like, up until this point, God hasn't necessarily called out anything, but now he does. He goes, okay, now I'll see what you've done. And Adam is probably freaking out. Because it's now all, despite the fact he tried to cover himself and they hid in the bushes, everything is now exposed. And he goes, God knows. God knows. And now let's have a look at what happens. What happens next? Let's go to Genesis 3 verse 12. So God says, have you eaten? Why? And he says, it wasn't my fault. That woman, you gave it to me. You gave me the woman. She did it. It's her fault. And you see what happens. Breakdown of relationship with God leads to a breakdown of relationship with others. How quickly did that happen? Sin has just entered the world. We're not 50 years in. It's just come in. Fear has just come in. And the first thing that happens when we have a break with God is her fault. She did it. What, is, what does Eve do? That was that serpent. And the serpent couldn't answer because he had no legs to stand on. <laughs> that's not my that's not that's not my material. That's not my material. I have to I have to give that back. I think it was Mark Davies or one of the guys that said that. Yes, man. You know, when we're not walking with God, what's gonna happen naturally? You can see it in your own lives. I want you just to do a little self-report. Last week we also did a bit of a self-diagnosis and that's good. When we're not walking with God, when we're not in step with Him, in fact, when we're not being led by Him, what starts to happen is we start to become overly aware, much like Adam was. I realized I was naked and I hid. We start to realize more about ourselves and our circumstances and the state of our lives. And that generally will start to manifest in, okay, well, okay, let's focus on God now, more focus on me. I've got bills that need to be paid. It's almost the 30th of the month and my debit orders are lining up like army jets waiting to land. And you know, my boss is just, he doesn't see me. I work all this overtime. He never pays me for it. He's just abusing me the whole time. And my wife, it doesn't matter how many times I pick up the left sock because I've left the right sock there. She's angry with me. And, and all of a sudden, it's just, we get into that hot mess, right? So why does God have to come to us in the cool of the day? Because we're in a hot mess most of the time. Why are we in a hot mess? Because we've broken a relationship with God. We're not walking with him anymore. 
we've stopped. That, that, that thing of relationship, come and walk with me in the cool of the day, has been broken. And then we, we like Adam. I start finding fault with my wife. I want to say to you, if you're in a relationship with anybody and you're starting to find fault with everything that they're doing, maybe check yourself. Maybe it's your walk with the Lord actually that's a bit faulty. Because I can tell you right now, if I'm in fully invested in the Lord, if I'm in love with the Lord, if my relationship with Him is good, then love washes over a multitude of sins. Then I can overlook the small little things that you do. Ah, oh, you know what? Sean, you didn't open the car door for me to get in. But you know what? It's okay. I love you anyway. We need to get this thing right, eh? We need to keep our gaze on him. We've got to keep walking with him. We've got to keep asking ourselves, am I today walking with the Lord? Am I allowing him to lead me in the cool of the day into things that are godly and righteous and just? Or have I lost focus and dropped it from looking at this almighty, all-impressive, all-amazing God, that I'm going to look at for the rest of eternity and worship for the rest of eternity. But all I can see are the problems and the little irritations and the imperfections of man and woman and child. We've lost our relationship. We've stopped walking with him. And there's a call for us to come back. So I want to ask you, if you're frustrated with yourself or others and everybody, if you're frustrated with the world, if you're frustrated with the people in this church, if you're frustrated with me, maybe there's something you need to bring to my attention. And I will, I promise you're welcome at any stage to do that. I'll give you, in front of everybody, I'll give you permission to do that. But if you're starting to get critical and hard, and when you speak to people, it's not so salty anymore. And people are actually going, oh, you think Jacob's care? Let me just skip around him. And, yeah, yeah. Then, then I want to suggest to you that maybe like Adam and Eve, you've realized that you're faulty. And I, if you didn't know that, then I'm sorry to tell you this. You are not perfect. And neither am I. We didn't come here because you're perfect. We came here because he's perfect. But maybe you've just stopped that relationship. Maybe you've let go of his hand. And I feel this morning, God is walks through this congregation, he's looking at people, he's going, where are you? Where are you? And I don't think in all cases we're all hiding in the bush. In fact, I know there's some guys that are powering for God at the moment. And I want to encourage you, keep going. Use that momentum. But if you're not, then God is saying to you, where are you? Come back into my presence. Stop hiding away. I know what you've done. You can't hide it from me. I see all. Stop hiding. Come back in. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I want to set you free. And then we can come back into relationship. And I want to encourage you in some scriptures that actually show what is our position should look like. So let's go with Micah verse 6. There's a couple here, so just stay with me. He has told you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To do justice to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. There's that invitation. 
Come and walk with me. And in walking with them, we will love kindness. We will do justice. Deuteronomy 5 verse 33. You shall walk in the way that the, in all, you shall walk all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may go well, and that you may live long in the land that you possess. We are walking with God, and He is walking with us. Colossians 2 6. Therefore, you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord, so walk in Him. Walk with me, he says. Where are you? Galatians 5.16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's good. It's good. Two more. 1 John 2 verse 6. Whoever says he abides in him, Jesus, ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Walk with me. Walk as I do. Be like me. And the last one, John 8 verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That's my encouragement to me, to, to you guys as a family. And it's encouraging to me as I read this and as I prepared my heart as well. God's calling you into an intimate walk with him. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you that over and over and over in scripture, we see how man has blown it. And how you've called out to them. And you've come after them. Many of the prophets were sent in love, not in judgment. They were sent in love to proclaim judgment. Because you were calling us back to you. In a sense, you were saying, where are you? And we have hidden ourselves. Father, I want to pray for those here this morning. Perhaps that have never met you. They've never had the opportunity to come into relationship with this God that is actually head over heels in love with them. I thank you, Lord, that you're actually calling us into relationship. Maybe it's out of the world and it's a first-time commitment, or maybe it's actually I've been in the kingdom, but I've stopped working with you. I've stopped walking with you. So I want to ask this morning, if there's anybody here who's never confessed their, their uh, belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, has never said that I receive him now as a, as a replacement for the sins that I've committed, as someone who will lead me back into his presence and give me eternal life, then I want to make a moment available to you now. Just slip your hand up. If you've never made that commitment to the Lord, in front of people and in your heart. Just slip your hand up from your heart. Okay. And for the rest of us, if we haven't put our hands up, that means that we are disciples of Christ. We are followers of Christ. That means we are walking with Him. And as a result, I want to challenge you. I want to ask you 
on behalf of the Lord this morning, where are you? Where are you? Not the man next to you, not your wife, not your husband, not your child. Where are you? And I feel like there's a moment where we could actually respond to the Lord this morning. Maybe you've been in the bush. Maybe you've been hiding. Maybe you've removed yourself from his presence. And this morning the Lord calls you back. And he says, come, let me wash your clean hands. Let us walk together in the cool of the day. So if that is you, and you feel like you've actually gone into that place, then I want to ask you, respond to the Lord this morning. Respond to the Lord this morning and just raise your hand to him. It's actually between you and him. It's got nothing to do with us. But don't let this moment pass. You know the condition of your heart. You know where you are. Thank you. And I want to pray for you. Father, as these hands have gone up and as people are responding to you, Lord, I thank you that you call them out and back into your presence, that you want to walk with them in the cool of the day, that you've seen all of their sins and their transgressions, you've seen how they've blown it, and yet you show them mercy. And you sent your son to die for their sins so that they could be reconciled to you. So that the penalty of their sins would be taken on him. I pray, Lord, for a refiring of their faith. A refiring of their relationship with you. I thank you, Lord, that they would come out themselves. That they'd no longer hide. And even if there's things in their lives that they need to expose for the good of recovery. For the good of their own health then I pray, Lord, that you would help them to be vulnerable and humble and honest and go to those around them that they trust and are in relationship with and confess their sins so that they can be forgiven. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for each person here. I pray your hand would be upon us in this next week as we go. Walk with us daily, Lord. Walk with us daily. Let it never be asked of us, where are you, Sean? Where are you? But that we would be so close to you that we walk in your very footsteps. Thank you for this beautiful morning. Thank you for the worship time. We thank you for every saint that's here. I pray your blessing and protection over each one as they go into the rest of this week. In Jesus' name. Amen.